Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What do you guys think about something like woo 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 woo? Um, I like it, but I think it should be more like okay. I actually love that. And should we have some birds being like in the background, just one hundred percent? And then we also above the we have. Slaps, dude. It slaps. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network, a fine network. It's Monday, December 12th, 2022. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, is Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to Tassie is the bearded one, Matapsha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. And last but not least, making the magic happen over yonder, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Like away, comment away, subscribe away. Send in your questions and comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. And I've got two, count them, two great gift ideas for you with Christmas, what, two weeks away? Two weeks and change away. Go to nodunks.com to get your No Dunks merch, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, all that stuff. And then why not give the sports fan in your life the best newsroom in sports. I'm talking about a subscription to The Athletic. That's a nice gift. That would be a nice gift. Right? So you go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. It's like $1.99 a month right now. They're also running holiday um, you know, packages or whatever you want to call them. So go take advantage of that. I would love that. Now, I know it's not, uh, it's not something you can hold on Christmas morning. Yeah, everybody's holding their phone. That's right, Tess. Yeah. I was just going to say that. Look at that. <laughs> So go get that at theathletic.com slash no dunks. Okay. This snuck up on me, Skeets, but it's December 12th. That's under two weeks. Christmas is under two weeks away. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're right. It's yeah. sneaky. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't I don't want people to be thinking, oh, I got time. I got change before that two weeks starts. <laughs> uh-uh, it ain't two weeks in change. Wow. It's flying. I did the, did the math wrong on that one. So thank well, you. get a lot of change. Nice fact checked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, worth. that's true. Okay. It's winners and losers of the NBA weekend here. But, 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 but. We had two more wedgies. Friday night are the nights for wedgies. I think this is three weeks running where we've had a multiple wedgies on the Friday night. We start in New Orleans. <laughs> CJ McCollum there sticking the three-point wedgie. Pretty good reaction from Aiden here, I thought, actually. Yeah. That's nonsense. <laughs> it was a deep wedgie, <laughs> actually, too. Really in there. Way to go, CJ. Love to see it. And then in Memphis, John Morant with the Ooh. fadeaway jumper wedgie. Hmm. 
A pretty wedgie. A very pretty wedgie. One that almost went undetected. Yeah, that's... We did not get a lot of people telling us about this one. And I wasn't was watching it, Was game. it one person? Uh, it was Lady Sniper Swag. <laughs> Thank God for her. Because Winner of the weekend. <laughs> we Winner of the weekend. Lady Sniper Swag. Yeah. Sniping wedgies like she's sniping swag. But, like, in all honesty, a wedgie happens in whatever game, and we get two, three, four people. <laughs> More than one. Boot, bit. By way of Twitter, Instagram, letting us know, oh, wedgie happened, go check it out. And uh, this was the only person that told us <laughs> about this amazing John Morant wedgie, a superstar wedgie in a fadeaway jumper situation. So thank God. Whew. And a sweet jersey, too. Those that's city right. editions. Yeah, that's right. Very nice. Okay, winners of the NBA weekend. Tass, why don't you get us started? What you got? I'm starting late Sunday. It was a wild, wild Hawks game. The Hawks looked like they won this game twice at the end of regulation <laughs> and overtime. We're talking about a team in some turmoil here mm-hmm. with Nate McMillan and Trey Young having their little disagreement. Trey Young staying home. They've got a lot of injuries. This season is slipping to some degree. And then I think this win here in overtime from A.J. Griffin, a rookie hitting his second game winner, both in overtime, mm-hmm. both against our favorite teams. Oh, how dare this guy? Yeah, he yeah. did it against the Raptors <laughs> and then did it against the Bulls. Oh. It was crazy. And it looked over at the end of regulation because Bulls had the last shot in regulation. Hawks up one, but DeRozan missed. He missed the game-winning attempt. And Derek Jones Jr., though, able to recover. Yep. And A.J. Griffin, future hero, fouled mm-hmm. him. So Derek Jones Jr. goes to the line, hits one of two with zero on the clock. The yeah. game is – the, the – uh, the time had elapsed, so it's one of those where you hit the miss the free throw and then you just got to go to your bench. And all right, it's overtime, I guess. <laughs> and then in overtime, we see Bogdan Bogdanovich driving along the baseline, hitting a Larry Bird as he's pushed out of bounds <laughs> over the board. And I mention him because 0.5 seconds left here. Uh, th- uh, sorry, one second left here at the end of overtime. The the thing is over because Trey Young just hit a shot to put the Hawks up two. The thing is over. One second left. DeMar DeRozan gets the ball well beyond the three-point line, and somehow Bogdanovich fouls him. Clear foul. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so DeRozan is shooting three free throws, and that's when the camera went to Atlanta Braves legend David Justice in the first <laughs> row, and you can see him say, he fouled him. Oh. Although I don't think his daughter was paying attention because she had her headphones in the entire game. Anyway, uh, bes- <laughs> be- besides that, besides she's busy. Anyways, besides that, uh, DeMar DeRozan banks home three free throws. Yep. They're up one point. So 0.5 seconds left. Clearly a diversion play for Trey Young. Trey Young comes up top as the inbounder is looking for someone to inbound to. Everybody's looking at Trey Young. I'm looking at Trey Young. Eight guys basically are up top while A.J. Griffin is floating away from the rim at first. Yep. He's kind of in the – he goes from the lane towards sort of the dunker spot on the baseline. He's kind of coming towards the sideline, and then suddenly he reverses. He's got his back to the basket. Inbounder finds him underneath the rim, jumps up, back to the basket, has to rotate midair and just toss it in. Bang. Again, <laughs> another game winner. He just throws it Another in. lob game winner. Yeah. For A.J. Griffin, yeah. right? The Trey Young one was against the Raptors in yeah. overtime where he threw it, you know, full court to him. This one different from the uh, sideline sideline out of bounds. But, man, what a shot. What a shot. McMillan drawing up plays. And he had uh, Derek Jones Jr. on him, too. So uh, a, a real hopper there. He had the ups to, to, to be close to him, but he just kind of flicked it over him. 
no one expecting it really to, no, to go to what? him whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> what? No one. No one. I don't know. You said this was a Trey Young decoy play. This was not a Trey Kirby decoy play. I said, why isn't there a tall guy standing by the rim? Yeah. Where's our Andre Drummond? That would have been the guy I had. Hops and tall. Derek Jones Jr. Skinny. Hops, certainly, but there's one play <laughs> that teams run here. They throw it to the rim. Near the rim, yeah. yeah. That was a bad mistake, I thought, by Billy Donovan to have a short guy in there. Like, I mean, Derek Jones Jr., he's got hops. That means you got to time it perfectly. Drummond should have been in there, uh, but also a little, little home cooking, I think, from the Hawks here with regards uh, to the clock. You're telling me two guys caught the ball and got shots off within one second? I mean, the DeRozan play should have run off like probably 0.7 seconds off the clock. Mm -hmm. The fact that they got two plays out of that, a little bit of nonsense, but that's why they call it home court advantage. Was there Mm -hmm. three lead changes then in one second, basically, in this game? (laughs) That's wild to think about. Trey to DeRozan to uh, the A.J. Griffin game winner. What was wild about that, I agree, you want a bigger guy in there. It's weird, though, in these situations, yes, you throw it at the rim, but it usually involves the player going towards the rim, and like Tass took us through... AJ Griffin literally running away from the rim. Hell of a pass. Was it Jalen Johnson that yes, chucked in on the right. side? Yeah. Uh, to put it in like the perfect spot, almost like a quarterback, he had to throw it sort of to the out- outside shoulder, I guess. And Griffin with the body control to flip it up. Yeah. It was a, a lot of a, a very a lot of things happening in a little amount of time mm. in terms of starting the oh, clock. Yeah. But yeah, what a win there for Atlanta. The odd thing is, yeah, Jalen Johnson ended up inbounding with 0.5 seconds left, but it was the Hawks' second attempt. They called a yeah. timeout. Trey Young was actually inbounding, so I don't know if Nate McMillan did that on purpose or he just decided, mm. hmm, you know what, uh, let's switch this up. Maybe Trey Young shouldn't be our inbounder. <laughs> uh, and then he came to the top, and Jalen Johnson, he threw it over Vooch, which was you know a, a large man. Another guy well. who could have been standing at the rim. Yeah, it's, it's possible for sure. And, uh, yeah, everybody looking at Trey Young, that's for sure, as A.J. Griffin. I think it may have thrown him off that it was a second attempt there. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree. You could have had a larger man. Uh, <laughs> that's the one, That's the one place. That's the one place they should have a lot of defenders. Yeah. Why is your tallest guy standing the farthest from the hoop? Doesn't make sense. But good thing for the Hawks because I think they would have been losers of the weekend yeah. if they w- lose this game. Bad loss. Uh, I think it was Friday, Friday night, right? Yeah. And then they did kind of blow this game a little oh, bit. Yeah. What do free throws do? Win games. Derek Jones Jr. Ugh. Make two of them. Yeah, it's over. And it's over. Is. Yep. But I think the Hawks, a mid-off, though, from these two teams. A mid-off, yeah. I think I think the Hawks, they would have been sub-500. It is odd because we think of this team as done. You know, in a weird way, we think of them as well under 500. Just because of all the drama they've had going on. They are 14 and 13. And I think this weird situation with Nate McMillan with Trey who had a decent Friday night uh, against the Nets he had 33 and then in regulation and OT he hit both shots that put them up he was three of 14 Mm -hmm. uh, going into that uh, shot where he bombed away 30 foot shot and it was like 14 seconds left on the shot clock uh, early and you know with a minute left in the fourth and just bombed away and uh, he sent them up then and then he set them up in OT they're going on their run. I think they're going on their run. They, they got DeAndre Hunter back. They still have a lot of injuries in John Collins and uh, DeJounte Murray. But I think this this weird thing brings them together. I think it's happening. Listen to their, their schedule here. They got Memphis tonight. Not easy. But then Orlando, Charlotte, Orlando, Chicago again, Detroit, Indiana, Brooklyn, then the Lakers on LeBron's 38th birthday. Some winnable <laughs> games in there, even though we'll get to the Magic, who are scorching hot. They play to their competition a lot of the time, so yeah. that's the that's one the problem. about the that Hawks. Is the problem for sure. Good teams come in, they play better, 
win yeah. or lose, bad teams. You've seen it's a hundred percent true. Play but I don't know. There's weird things happening okay. where they're getting together and AJ Griffin, uh, you know, being a glue little uh, rookie, first rook to hit two game winners since Cole is, Anthony. No, oh. he didn't. Oh, yeah. Longer. That's a good guess. Oh, really? Yeah. I know. Cole Anthony did hit a couple. I mean, yeah, how long? Maybe these are real game winners. Like right buzzer beaters? Buzzer yeah, sure. uh, They're called game winners here in the notes. But anyway, <laughs> uh, a guy who Trey knows very well. He wasn't a real, not not like you know him ben personally. Gordon? No. no. Way early, earlier in that. Oh. In the 90s, old rookie. Tony Kukoc? Yeah, oh, Tony nice. Kukoc. Nice. <laughs> nice. Good yeah. hints. Good All right. Great stat. All right. All right. Let's anyway, here's a, real quick, though. Here's a weird thing that worked really well for the Hawks. They went zone a ton of this game yeah. in the second and third quarter. And just like last season, the Bulls couldn't figure it out. They went 18 of 42 from the field in those couple of quarters there. The Hawks forced 11 turnovers. That was really the game right there. The Bulls just fell apart in the middle two quarters of this game. The Hawks, their defense is all right so far, but... Their zone looked pretty good, and it certainly was good enough to frustrate Chicago. So playing against some of these stinky teams, maybe they pull out the zone a little bit here and grind out some wins. Did you head down to the Fortress? No, this guy was, I was no. too tired, man. Yeah. Got home from a weekend of camping. It was like every two hours I was like, this is the only Bulls game in Atlanta I'm going to be able to go to. Next time they're here is, I think, t- the 21st, December 21st. Oh, right. We'll be back in yeah. Chicago okay. at that point. So I was like, ugh. I should go, I should go. And then I could fall asleep a little bit on the couch. Oh, I should go, I should go. Fall asleep a little bit on the couch. Then I was pumped. I was like, oh, man, I should have gone there. The Bulls are going to win this one. I'm going to be saying, what if free throws do win games at the end of the fourth quarter? Of course, Derek Jones Jr. misses one. Then I was fired up again at the end of overtime. Oh, I would get to be telling everybody around me, John Hollinger in particular, what if free throws do win games? And then, you know, the tallest, most athletic guy on the court was sitting on the sidelines for a lot of play. So, yeah. In the like end, that. maybe a good decision. Yeah, though, I yeah, guess. yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually didn't want to have to battle the crowds getting home. That was the problem for me. As soon as the game was over, I just wanted to go to bed, <laughs> get some sleepies in. And, because this was an early night. Uh, yeah, this was a 6 schedule. o'clock start, a 6.30 start. I yeah, guess. this was the late game. Yeah, so I was like, yeah. there's no way I'm spending the hour afterwards when I could be in snooze mode. And we're at the was. point here in the, in the season where 6.30... PM Eastern, it, it feels like it's like 9:30 PM Eastern for whatever reason. It's you know it's dark so early, mm-hmm. and like you said, if we had a long weekend, then it's going to be a little rough. But what an entertaining game! Okay, let's keep it moving. Trey, winner of the weekend. Joel Embiid gets a winner of the weekend, 53 points in a win on Sunday against the Hornets. He becomes the first player with multiple 50-point games this season, and the first center with multiple 50-point games in a season since who? Shaq. Not Shaq. Shaq never had oh. multiple 50-point games in a season. A little surprising. Wilt Chamberlain? <laughs> okay, far? I mean, there are there are six total. Wilt Chamberlain did it nine times. <laughs> like, okay. every season, this guy's putting up multiple 50-point games. But the most recent, I'm guessing it was during a season when he had a massive scoring output on the last day of the season to win. David Robinson. David Robinson. Mm, good, good. You want to take a guess at the other three? They're the gettable? Three, they're, uh, they're gettable. It's two of, the, two of the greats of all time. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. There you go. The and first superstar in NBA history. George, oh, George Mikan. Yep. <laughs> and then perhaps the funniest named superstar in NBA history. At least MVP-wise, I would say. Funny. Chubby Cox. That's no, um... <laughs> uh, a hard one. It's a name that shows up a lot in like these random quizzes. Right. It's not Dolph. No, he's not no a that's a good one, though. Yeah. Bob McAdoo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Always fun to say oh, Bob Oh, yeah, McAdoo. we should always say him. You're right. Yeah, he's got, he's a, got a, a crazy run of statistics. But, uh, yeah, multiple 50-point games as well. Probably his MVP season. Segway, this could be an MVP season for Joel Embiid because he was awesome uh, in this game against the Hornets. 20 of 32 shooting, 2 of 3 from 3, 11 for 11 at the free throw line. He's doing it 
against the front line of Plumlee, Richards, and Kai Jones. The comp isn't great, but honestly, he went out there and dominated from the jump. So you got to give him a little tip of the cap there, especially considering in the win on Friday, Joel Embiid went for 38-12-5 against the Lakers, had Anthony Davis in foul trouble, had LeBron trying to guard him. LeBron ain't guarding centers Mm -hmm. at this point in his career, but really Embiid has been on quite the heater since coming back from injury in the six games since he returned from hurting his foot. 30, 19, 35, 39, 38, then this 53. The problem is that Philadelphia is only three and three (laughs) since he's come back. So only fifth in the Eastern Conference. But as soon as Embiid qualifies for the minutes per game leaderboard, which should be tonight, he'll be leading the league in scoring a career best 33.4 points per game, shooting 54 from the field, career best, in assists per game, this is just the time of the year when the MVP table gets quite crowded. Oh, I was going to say a, far, a fire marshal's bad. coming in here soon and yeah. shutting down this MVP restaurant. It's over. It's, it's there's too many people in yep. the uh, facility. We'll talk about Zion here in just a minute, but yep. he's there now. Obviously, Jason Tatum has had a run there. Steph Curry's putting up incredible numbers, yep. but Embiid is really putting the Sixers on his back. Basically, since Maxi went down, since Harden went down, Harden has since returned. Embiid has really helped carrying the team. The Sixers have basically been treading water since then. They're only about a 500 team uh, in the meantime, but it could have gone much worse, I think, for Philadelphia. So shout out to them. Shout out to Embiid getting his name back in the mix here. It almost did go much worse for Philadelphia on Friday night versus the Lakers having, what, a nine-point lead with like barely any time left in the game and somehow gave it all away and then it went to OT, but they pulled it out in the end. It's all that matters. Mm -hmm. You know, give your fans five more minutes of action. Free basketball, as they call it. Do you believe that? (laughs) Do you like that when people say free free? basketball for overtime? I'm guilty. I've done it. But uh, do you consider it free? (laughs) Do you when you uh, when you buy your ticket from SeatGeek or Ticketmaster or straight from the team themselves? Forty eight minutes. That's what you're guaranteed. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I should say on the bottom. Yeah. Well, we're all paying for it. Even if you're not in the arena, you're still paying for the game in one way, shape, or form, (laughs) most likely. So it's it's free. In a way, uh, I will say uh, Embiid's fifty-point game, the quietest fifty-point game I can remember. I know we have a lot of fifty-point games in the NBA, and people say, "Oh, it's point inflation or whatever." And so they're kind of all becoming a little quiet. But that was quiet uh, in, in terms of a, a Sunday where a dude scores fifty. Yes, it was against the Hornets, but to have his career high in points per game, career high in field goal percentage, you said the assists. So the efficiency is ridiculous. He's putting his team on his back, tied for his career high in free throws. He is doing it all. Yeah. He yep. really is doing it all, even though he you know, got some ridicule at the beginning of the season for not trying all that hard, uh, and deservedly so. They're sitting at 14 and 12, as you said. Third place should be the their their goal now because the Celtics and Bucks are running away with it uh, in the East, but they can get to third if, you know, if they put so. it all together. All right, well, from one MVP candidate to another here, uh, you said it, Zion Williamson. Hey, last we checked, he was like plus 8,000 for MVP. Huh. Hope you put a little coin on that because I assume those odds are going to uh, drastically change after what he's been doing. The Pelicans are a winner. Uh, they've won 12 of their past 14 games after defeating the Suns in back-to-back contests uh, over the weekend here. And after two games in Salt Lake City coming up in uh, versus the Jazz... New Orleans then travels to Phoenix to wrap up their season series. <laughs> That'll be it. They'll have played four okay. games already uh, before we even get to uh, the new year, of course. So that's weird. But Zion, in seven games since Ingram left the rotation, he's averaging 30 points per game, 9.1 rebounds, 5.3 assists, because he is a bit of a playmaker for them, 1.6 steals, and over one block. 
per game. And more importantly, the Pelicans have won all of those games now on their big winning streak here. And, uh, yeah, he just went for 35 in both their games, one of them overtime. You know, credit to the Suns for fighting in the second one without Booker and getting it to OT and, you know, eight and fouling out. And then Chris Paul fouling out after they looked at it, after he kicked out his legs there um, on Zion Williamson, if I remember correctly, to, yep, to get right. Chris Paul's sixth. But then uh, the, the depth of this Pelicans team is is awesome because they're doing all this without Ingram. And it's like every game it's someone else stepping up to pair with Zion and his 30 points that he can just you know put it in pen now every night it feels like on incredible efficiency because it's like Najee Marshall or it's Alvarado or it's Trey Murphy catching fire it's like Larry Nance has obviously been instrumental in this win streak uh, closing a lot of games uh, you know at the five where Valanciunas starts there so what a team and the vibes they're immaculate the Smoothie King Center it's bumping it's a fun, fun watch, and how can it not up, be baby. with uh, with what's going on there? And we can get here, you know, to the Friday night Zion late game dunk. But uh, any thoughts on the actual victories before we get to the unwritten rule <laughs> that Zion and the Pelicans broke? It's awesome to see Zion like healthy and playing well, and to have a real team around him right now. In the seven straight wins for the Pelicans, Zion's gone 23, 30, 30, 25. 29, 35, 35, shooting 60% or better in like every single one of these games. I even saw him make a right-handed layup Yeah, yes, I know. Unbelievable stuff. He's doing it all out there. 25 points per game on 15.7 field goal attempts per game. He's just the third player to average 25 on fewer than 16 shots per game. Shout out to Stat News for that one. The other players are Charles Barkley and Amari Stoudemire. I was like, Mm. if you put Charles Barkley and Amari Stoudemire together, you're getting Zion. That's, I haven't really thought of that as the Zion comp, but, man, those two paired together like Chuck's handles and, you know, end-to-end rambling <laughs> after grabbing the board and Amari's explosion, like, dunking it out of nowhere. I think it's a pretty solid comp. Those two having a baby, it became Zion Williamson. And now that he's actually able to string together a bunch of games here, you see why people are so hyped about this guy. <laughs> he is unstoppable. The Suns are probably happy. That they are done playing the Pelicans here pretty <laughs> yeah, soon. Yeah, pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> Good point, because... They're getting clowned. Yeah. They're cooked against the Pelicans. Yeah. They better hope they don't see him in the playoffs. Yeah, they tried a, a lineup maneuver there with Booker out on Sunday to go big and go Dario Saric mm-hmm. instead to try and slow him down, but tough, tough night for Aiton, uh, who fouled out because he just gets up to Aiton and just is able to shimmy shake around him. He's just so quick for, yeah. for Aiton, who's much bigger than him, much taller Probably uh, just as strong. He's just so freaking explosive. It's just so tough to guard him. This season turned, I think, for the Pelicans when Zion got the ball a little bit more instead of C.J. McCollum at the point guard spot. You know, sort of like Chuck, just give him the ball up top and watch him do stuff. And I think Willie Green, uh, as their head coach, played it really smartly. Waited until Zion got comfortable, started playing games, became healthy. And uh, this guy's the... Absolute total package. We've talked about him on the floor a ton, but even after the the whole little thingamajig that happened on Friday, he got on the mic and was just so smooth about it. You know, he said, "Yeah, maybe I went overboard, but at the same time, my homies were in my, <laughs> were in the locker room. I was in the locker room," is what he said when we lost in the playoffs, and I just needed to take it out on them a little bit. You know, this he's just so good. He's smooth on the mic. He looks cool. He's such a unique player. Just stay healthy, man. 
Yeah, so Friday night, Zion throws down the 360 windmill uh, at the end of the game. In the closing seconds, Pelicans are up. Uh, you know, comfortably, it's it's over. Even though Chris Paul had just taken a shot, uh, it was over. Uh, Suns didn't take kindly to that. We also saw a clip like a couple days later, like an alternate angle of Chris Paul throwing sort of like a high little uh, elbow to the chin area of Alvarado when they were coming back. That was a part of the whole sort of melee at the end. Everybody taken to the floor, benches clearing, you know, players and coaches all involved. No one's throwing punches or anything like that, but everyone's pissed off. And it's the unwritten rule. An NBA season doesn't start until we have this conversation on the podcast. Uh, the unwritten rule of basketball about like running up the score or putting down a huge dunk when you shouldn't because the other team has conceded the game. Uh, have your opinions changed on the matter? I can't assume they have. No, I still thought it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was like here. one of the coolest moments that Zion's had in a Pelicans jersey. Of course, throwing it down a 360 uh, windmill. I'm 100% for it. What a cornball move by the Suns. They even waited until the shot, till the game clock expired. There was 1.9 seconds left where they could have got up in Zion's face and been really mad about it. But no, they waited 1.9 seconds until the clock had finally expired. What a cornball team this is. <laughs> uh, and then they did nothing about it on Sunday. Yeah. So they were just mad that they got beat pretty badly. Oh, they fought on Sunday. They, were, they played decently. No, well. but they didn't hit Zion. They didn't knock him out of the air. That was just a lot of bluster. Tory Craig took a charge. <laughs> a charge. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and I wouldn't that, want to take a charge yeah. from Zion. And that hurt. It yeah. took him a while to get up yeah. after that. Yeah, so Zion won that one again. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it has to look cool, I think. Rudy Gobert did the same thing on Friday night against yep. uh, his old team, the Utah Jazz. Didn't have to shoot. Yeah. He just put it in. Now, he didn't even dunk it. Yeah, he just, like, dropped it in. Big mistake. <laughs> Huge mistake. Number one, yeah, looked lousy. Obviously, he can't do what Zion can do. That looked Zion. What Zion did was a, a dunk contest. It's a fifty. Dunk. Yeah, it's probably a, it's phenomenal. At least he put it on uh, for his city. That was that looks so cool. Uh, and so yeah, he was pissed that he wasn't able to play in the playoffs. It looked amazing. Rudy Gobert would have been way smarter. First game in Utah to throw it down and you know jeer the fans or something instead of laying it up huge mistake zion did it properly if zion laid it in i thought it would have been lousy okay. you know if you did the rudy big mistake <laughs> uh but uh yeah looked him so if you're gonna run up the score and score two meaningless points at the end do it with some style yeah. Okay. I mean, why, yeah, why, why, why just lay it in? <laughs> so Zion, yeah, what a, what a great weekend. Yeah, Zion, after the game, you were talking about this, Taz. He said, he said it was out of character right. for himself, but he explained that he was a little, uh, little peeved that the Hells were knocked out of last year's playoffs because of the Suns, and uh, he got a little carried away because of that, uh, and he wasn't playing in, in that series. Two tweets about this whole thing, this unwritten rule, that I absolutely loved. Uh, at Adam underscore Jacoby, if you throw... A 360 dunk down, you make 18,000 people happy, but you make Chris Paul mad, is the goddamn <laughs> easiest trolley problem ever written. You know that trolley problem meme? Fantastic. If those are your two options, make Chris Paul mad or put down a 360 windmill dunk for 18,000 people in the Smoothie King Center going bonkers. Okay. And then the other one, and this is how I really feel about it. David White, he said, I think it's fine to say, fuck it, I'm done before the game is officially over. But just because you're done doesn't mean everyone else has to stop too. And that's that's the argument. If the, uh, if that team in the Phoenix Suns in this case wave the white flag and say, okay, we're not playing anymore because you guys got us, then we all stop. But uh, David White, I'm with you. 
that doesn't mean you can't give the crowd what they want or do something else or score more. Also, Chris Paul shot at the end. I don't get exactly. this part of the whole exactly. thing. Exactly. It's a home so, game. Yeah. It's, it's also it's a home game. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing to me. It's like Zion is showing off for his hometown fans. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Like I've got no I got no problem with that. I saw Devin the Lab was going in. The snitch hotline was working over. Yeah, sure, I saw overboard uh, this weekend. Of course, the Phoenix Suns were taking shots late in the game against multiple playoff opponents last year, and of course. Chris Paul has been elbowing Jose Alvarado in the chest and neck sure. since Jose Alvarado got under his skin and has been living rent-free in his head for more than six months at this point. Mm. Yeah, They're not all that different in that way, Jose Alvarado and Chris Paul. It's a perfect little rivalry. Uh, one more interesting thought about Zion. I saw Bomani Jones tweet this. I want to get your guys' take on it and everybody here in the stream team, everybody listening later. I sort of can't stop thinking about it because I think it's an interesting point from Bomani. He said... It should terrify the NBA that Zion is living up to the hype. His team is really good. His team is really likable in the Pelicans. And that just seems to be an afterthought in the sports zeitgeist. The dude was a one-name star before playing a game. So Bamani coming at this from a different angle. We're talking about Zion nonstop. We're NBA sickos. We do an NBA podcast. But he thinks, and tell me whether you agree or not, that... This isn't as big a story in the sports world, what Zion's doing right now and the run he's on, how the Pelicans are number one team in the West. It's not as big as it should be. Think Bomani has a point? Disagree? What's your take? Maybe it's bad timing. Maybe uh, between the World Cup and we're getting down to the stretch run for the NFL here. You know, it's also the Pelicans. Like, that's the thing. It's the Pelicans. Like, I don't think John Morant became the biggest story in the league in December of last year. But by the time they got to, you know, getting to be playoff time, he was one mm-hmm. of the biggest stories. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is what everybody was expecting from Zion. It's finally happening. Maybe people aren't talking about it because they're nervous of jinxing it. <laughs> Possible. Any uh, any takes on that from Bamani? I just think, yeah, basketball stories don't become – huge stories in the first quarter of the season, mm-hmm. really, with guys that haven't done it before. Yeah, John Morant was doing it, uh, yeah, maybe a little later in the season. He also looks a lot cooler than Zion in the way he scores every one of his baskets. That's a little different, I think. Sure, uh, the, the sure. Way I, I'm... Zion's starting now to ramp up the highlights, yeah. which I'm loving to see. Oh, God. I'm, yeah, all, I'm... all I thought about from this was uh, the NBA needs to take my advice. Get him in the zeitgeist. Just rig that net. Have a break. Break it down. Boom. Leading sports center in every you know sports show for the next week. Do it, Silver. Didn't somebody... Do it. Didn't somebody... Edit one of those, like somebody. Like I did a see. Fake. That. I it was saw just, a clip a going around. Yeah. Nice deep fake. Yeah, uh, yeah where nice he threw fake. it down and he walked away and the rim went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just a ni- very nice edit. I will <laughs> say, I, I am pumped to see two teams here as we we slipped in there: the Pelicans and the Grizzlies, two Southern small market teams atop the Western Conference. It's awesome, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, it has to be later in the season. The fact is, it's not as big because the season is pretty long it's just it's <laughs> yeah. just it's just freaking early and yeah they're 18 and 8 and you can't really celebrate them as a number one seed because this ain't football this is it's just going to you get, you get, yeah, there's too many games left unfortunately okay and yeah zion hasn't been able to stay healthy that's that's another issue um but hopefully you know if, if they if they stay healthy as you mentioned you've slipped in a Najee marshall oh i love this guy yeah he'll fight for his team yeah every strong. second of the game 
they're literally like 12 deep. Yeah. Uh, they're so deep. So that should get them to the end of the season. And I think that's what has them over the Grizzlies playoff potential because they're deep, but they also have a little more top end talent like Brandon Ingram. When he comes back an all-star CJ McCollum been doing it for a long time into his thirties, rather than Jaron Jackson Jr. And Desmond Bain to go around John Morant, who obviously both superstars, Ja and Zion, but yeah. this is just a polished team. David Griffin has put together. So, well, well, We'll be talking about them hopefully right. as long as long as they you know stay healthy. Zion's just got to stay healthy. All right, let's do. A, we'll call it almost like a rapid fire second round here for winners of the weekend. We'll move some pace here. Who you got? Yes, let's do that. The Knicks. Nobody talks about them. Uh, small market team, the New York Knicks. Uh, <laughs> let, let's give them just quick love because two wins this weekend: Charlotte and Sacramento. Not world beaters, but they've won four in a row. I think at this point of the season. It's a long season, and it took the first quarter of the season for Tom Thibodeau to realize what his rotation should be. They've gotten young and defensive instead of some of the oldies, and Julius Randle is freaking balling. So there's there's two parts to it. Julius Randle looking like the 2021 Julius Randle. He had 36 Friday, then 27 and 27 minutes before getting kicked out of the game <laughs> on Sunday. But his last seven games, 27, 9, and 4. That's a good stretch here uh, yeah. to be putting up those decent numbers. And... The youngins have been inserted to play defense around him and R.J. Barrett. They need hard-nosed defenders. So Derrick Rose, goodbye out of the rotation. Evan Fournier, goodbye out of the starting lineup. Cam Reddish, also out. Quentin Grimes is in. He's starting. He played 40 minutes on Sunday. Just hard-nosed defense. A guy who doesn't need to take a lot of shots. He only took eight shots in 40 minutes on Sunday. Perfect around Barrett and Randall and Brunson, uh, who is an absolute rock, so much so that he fell on his elbow, it looked pretty dangerous, yeah. but that rock just got right back up. Uh, and, and hopefully he'll be all right from that. So I think the rotation just looking really, really good. So you've got your starters in there, uh, you know, with Mitchell Robinson uh, playing center. And then off the bench, quickly is your sixth man. Isaiah Hartenstein is your backup center. And then you got a Deuce McBride now sort of as the other backup guard who loves to play defense. Deuce defense is a real thing. He played <laughs> hard with his brother one-on-one in the backyard. You know, one of those stories Fred Katz wrote about it. So they've got the more appropriate guys, I think, around Barrett and Randall. They're getting hot at the right time. Uh, four in a row here, as I said. And uh, they're moving up the standings uh, in the Eastern Conference, which is you know, a little surprising. <laughs> You'd think that they'd sort of be around 500 the entire time of uh, the entire season, and they might be. But I think they've got the tools now, as Julius Randle looking like his old self, plus some defense to propel themselves up the standings a little bit more. Yeah, there are they're crossing their fingers though. The Knicks fans are that Brunson. That ankle injury, too. I mean, he took the hard fall on the elbow, but then tweaked his ankle, left the game, and I think we're just waiting to find out if it's serious or not Mm -hmm. Um, because he's such a stabilizing factor. So hopefully it's not. All right, Nick's a winner of the weekend. I'll give the other New York team a little winner love. The Brooklyn Nets also sort of going – they're not moving in the standings, but they're getting awful close to sort of catching your Cleveland Cavaliers there with the uh, third seed in the East right now. But on Friday, it was Durant and Kyrie uh, helping the Nets edge the Hawks. Uh, to end a 6-1 and one homestand. So really, really nice, taking care of business at home. The Hawks sort of blew this game. They couldn't get, they couldn't get a rebound <laughs> to, to save their life at the end, and that helped the, the Nets pull out the victory. But they got it done. And then on Saturday, super shorthanded. They were missing eight guys, the Brooklyn Nets were. <laughs> I think they're five top scorers, uh, and somehow still eked out the win against the Pacers in a back-to-back situation there. 136-133 to 133 was the score. Not a lot of defense being played. But Cam Thomas... 
Scored a career-high 33 points. I think he had 21 in the fourth. Patty Mills was big late, too. He had 24. And they just dominated the Pacers in the middle. Stats are, like, alarming. 59-30 to rebounding advantage for the Brooklyn Nets. What do you call it when all these guys miss games, but, like, these second and third unit guys come in? Guys being dudes. Guys being dudes. That was a guys being dudes win from Cam Thomas, Patty Mills, and the Nets. Yeah, 59-30 to rebounding advantage, 29-7 to in offensive rebounds, and 37 second-chance points. Going to give yourself a chance to win a game if you had that many second chance opportunities. So, just a little love there to the Nets. And Utah Watanabe's back. Oh, good. A lot of guys out, but he's back. <laughs> he's going to help him win games. Trey, final one. Winner of the weekend. Just one game, but the Warriors get yeah. a winner of the weekend because they got their best win of the season Saturday against the Celtics. It was a finals rematch, and it was basically a finals replay. Starts with the Splash Brothers. Clay Thompson led the Warriors in scoring. He had 34. 24 of those came in the first half. And I thought he was really using the Celtics' aggression against them. They seem, Boston did seem pretty content and pretty driven to run the Warriors off the line. So Clay was happy to be pumped and cut and step into two-pointers. Boston limited Clay's threes, four for 11. Like, not a crazy shooting night for Clay Thompson, but he went 10 for 15 on twos. Just smart stuff. Steph was his usual special self, 32, seven assists, six rebounds. Warriors were plus 20 with him on the court. And I was super impressed with Jonathan Kaminga, 14 points on six of nine field goals. Very nice. Five rebounds, three assists. He just looked too big and too fast for Boston's smaller lineup with no Horford out there. He was giving them problems. Real great patience inside. Golden State now back over 500 (laughs) after a couple of losses there. They're only an eighth right now in the Western Conference, which seems weird because they might still be the favorite in the West. Their next six games are on the road. Next home game is Christmas versus the Grizzlies. Warriors are still 2-11 and on the road, so they need to win some of these games. Yeah. But decent comp, the Bucks, Pacers, Sixers, Raptors, Knicks, and Nets. No real pushovers. I mean, the Pacers just beat the Warriors uh, very recently, so it's going to be tough here, but this is the kind of win where you're like, oh, yeah, this is why we consider them the favorites in the Western Conference. They completely took Jason Tatum out of the game, had his probably worst game of the season, and they did that without Andrew Wiggins. Uh, They've been looking okay without Wiggins. I think Kuminga is making a case to keep getting minutes once Wiggins comes back. Any takeaways from that Saturday night marquee game there on Oh, yeah, yeah. I think Kuminga is definitely going to be playing off the bench for them. Uh, Yeah, the Clay uh, two-pointer thing or trend in this game was real. Him and Steph as well. Uh, They're both getting into the paint. I haven't seen Clay that bouncy in a long time. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought even you know pre-injury, the way Tatum blew by him one play, and Clay caught up to him and packed him off the board. Uh, he blocked Jason Tatum's <laughs> shot. What is happening? Uh, Clay looked really good to see him lead the team in shot attempts. Didn't think that was coming at all. They do have their rotation, and yeah, Tatum. I don't know if he had a little flashback to the finals where he wasn't himself, that we had a bad series shooting the ball. You can obviously throw this one out for them. They just destroyed the Suns prior to this game. So maybe he just had an off game. But that was his worst game. And with no Andrew Wiggins on the floor, surprising. Mm -hmm. Because you think the perimeter defense for this Golden State Warriors team wouldn't be there. But they absolutely stepped up. All right, those are our winners of the NBA weekend. I see the stream team saying, what about the Rockets beating <laughs> sure. the Bucks sure. there in their uh, throwback uniforms that are polarizing, I feel like. Some people love those uh, San Diego threads. Some people sort of hate them. 
I feel like you weren't a fan of the shorts, if I remember correctly. Was that the problem with them? Oh, yeah. Those shorts are wrong. <laughs> uh, they look cool. The jersey, Sorry, the jerseys look absolutely cool. But the horizontal stripes, about four inches below the <laughs> yeah, waistband. Yeah, it's different. It's different. Yeah, it, looks, it looks like they're falling every single play the entire like time. It's, it's, the jerseys look cool. But uh, John Lucas, assistant coach for the Rockets, you see him after the game. Mm. An assistant coach, he was going bonkers. He was going bonkers <laughs> after beating the Milwaukee well, Bucks. That's a he big was, win. He was flying around, jumping around. <laughs> a 60-plus-year-old man just getting love from everybody on their bench. It was a big win. Yeah. It was a big win. There's a lot of highlights in that game, too. I mean, Jalen Green was uh, attacking <laughs> the rim. So, good win there for the Rockets. Yeah, this John Lucas was a good clip. Recommended clip. <laughs> there you yeah, go. He's going nuts. Uh, and then, I know the Orlando Magic could get some love for a winner of the weekend, but don't you worry. We'll be talking about that team when we talk about the team they beat twice in our Toronto Raptors who went to Florida and took a shit. So <laughs> we'll take a break. When we come back, the losers of the NBA weekend. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. Mmm. That's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. We got one more uh, winner of the weekend, uh, the athletic ad sales team. Because we're in high demand, baby. <laughs> Holy moly. Way to go, boys and girls. All right. The problem is, though, I, I wanted to jump in on the deadlift. I wanted to jump in on yours. But when you got so many ads, <laughs> you don't want to ad lib. Yeah, too it's much. Great you're right. Call, you're right. Great call. Mm. <laughs> so what we got to tell the ad department is uh, go back 
increase our rates like crazy so we don't have to sell as many ads, but we can just do one ad and talk about it for like one 20 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Galaxy brain. Okay. Uh, we've done winners of the NBA weekend. Let's do losers. Trey, why don't you get us started here? Who's your big loser of the weekend? I got an impromptu what you got, <laughs> which is the worst loss. You lose by one to a championship contender after missing six straight free throws with three minutes left, or you lose by 29 and give up 82 points and a half to a completely mid team. What you got? Man, what, what's the answer? Oh, the mid. Losing to the mid. You think that's worse? I think so. I think doing something that maybe hasn't been done in like 25 years, and I'm talking about missing six free throws at the end of a game to lose, I'm going with that one. It's that's a tough brutal. Call. It's a tough call, but that's why the Mavericks are losers of the weekend. Yep. They did both. I'm going with Friday as worse because the Mavs had the Bucks beat on Friday night. Double-digit lead heading into the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, Giannis started rolling 15 points in the fourth, 5 of 6 from the field, 5 of 5 at the free throw line. But the Mavs got a little gifty. Giannis Antetokounmpo fouled out. Unfortunately, the Mavs were ice cold in the fourth quarter. They made four of their first five field goals, but then in the last eight minutes, they went 3 of 13 from the field. Still, no problem. Could have still won this game. Unfortunately... The free throws were a problem. Six straight misses starting about three minutes left. Mm -hmm. Dwight Powell missed one. Tim Hardaway Jr. missed three straight. I can't believe that. Dorian Finney-Smith missed two. Every single trip that they were there would have given the Mavs the lead or tied the game. They went 7 of 15 in the fourth quarter. 10 for 24 the whole game. That's like a three-point shooting field goal percentage. A bad one. Nonetheless, they still had a chance. The Mavs did. Up one. 10 seconds left. The easiest inbounds play for a layup in the NBA so far this season. Brooke Lopez gets a back screen from Chris Middleton. Nobody's there. I got a suggestion. Put a tall put guy, a by, guy the at the rim. Just put a tall guy by the rim. Oh, yeah. They're trying to get it there every single time. Luca does nothing on this play. He's just watching. He's just watching. Nice. Very good stuff. Back to the basket the entire time. Then on the inbound after Lopez makes the bucket. Luka nearly loses the ball. Could have been a timeout right there. They finally do get a timeout. 2.4 seconds left. Unfortunately, the Bucks knew exactly what play they were doing. Yeah. Guess what? It's Luka get the ball at the top. Half Court Hoops on Twitter has a great breakdown of this. Ended up being a desperation heave over Drew Holiday. Did not even get close. A little more attention to detail. And the Mavericks get a really nice win against the Bucks there. Saturday against the Bulls, they really just punted this game. Second game of a back-to-back. They didn't get to Chicago till like 4 in the morning. No Luka. They gave up 82 points in the first half. That's the most the Bulls have ever scored in the first half in their franchise history. This one was blowout city. So, you know, a schedule loss, if you will, yeah. to Chicago on Saturday night. But that Friday night game, they should have won. Oh, oh man. Yeah. And Luca was temper boy. Oh, Got to get him a T-shirt. What size you want, Luca? He was pissed at the end of that Mavericks game. And I guess uh, rightfully so. Maybe at himself, maybe at the team missing free throws, the execution down the stretch, and, and losing a game that uh, TK said, Tass, was, that was winnable. They should have had that a couple times. You know what I didn't like was Luca being on the floor even for that Brooke Lopez alley-oop slash layup. What I did like about what the Hawks did, Trey Young, both times at the end of regulation, at the end of overtime when they're playing a defensive possession, just sitting. Took him out, just, yeah. just off. Yeah, I don't really see the need for Luca to be out there while Brooke Lopez had it. Yeah, that was that was wild to see how open he was for that layup. But I don't mind an angry Luca. 
I don't know. I mean, if I was one of his teammates, it probably wouldn't be fun. But uh, it was, uh, you know, it's kind of nice to see in regulation or regular season game. Mad Luca. All right. Who do you have for a loser of the weekend? Uh, well, mine's a bit of a strange one here, but I'm going with a couple shooters. The Lakers' Austin Reeves and the Pistons' Boyan Bogdanovich. And they kind of tie in because Austin Reeves is having a bit of a storybook season, a bit of a storybook young career for uh, Hillbilly Kobe, as he's called. Undrafted, second season here. He's in the closing lineup for the Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And they're firing the ball to him all the time. And he hit a game winner last season, if you remember. And Friday versus Philly, why he's a bit of a loser, even though he buried a three with 12 seconds left to put the Lakers up. 119, or sorry, to put the Lakers within two, I should say. Uh, 119, 117. Philly made it 120, 117, and Reeves was fouled on a three point attempt. So he went to the line to tie the game, and uh, he buried the first two, and then he missed the third. Now, he's not just a loser because he missed one free throw, but the quote after makes him a bit of a loser because he said, I don't know anybody that makes two and misses one. It sucks to miss. I'm sure my mom will be frustrated with me for missing a free throw. That's what he said. Okay. His mom. Just let it. You're in a locker room with grown men, LeBron, Anthony Davis, who are doing incredible things. You don't have to talk about your mom. I understand you may have a relationship with your mom. That's great. Uh, this is fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> anyway, I'm not, I, I, not expect this yeah. twist. Just let, just let it go, hillbilly Kobe. Just let it go. Uh, this guy, Austin Reeves, is uh, again a storybook. Twenty-four year old, having a great, great young career, and then. In Detroit on Sunday, the Lakers are there. 12 seconds left. He hit the game-sealing three because LeBron found him with a beauty pass in the corner. He's trusted. He is part of the right. closing so why is he a loser? Well, don't talk about your mom. And maybe he'll hit free throws. Listen, I, I love... I love it's fascinating. I, don't talk about your mom and maybe you'll hit free throws. I like it. He is... He's... Yeah, again, game winner last year. Coming into this year, the conversation was who's going to finish lineups around... Probably Westbrook, AD, and LeBron. This guy is out there every single time. I think he played the last 17 minutes of that win uh, against the Pistons on Sunday. So the Lakers get the win, and they overcame Boyan Bogdanovich's 25 points in the third quarter. Mm. What? This guy is scorching. He's 33, and the Pistons aren't planning on trading him. He can have a 40-point game, and I think it's I think it's becoming a little bit more clear that they plan on keeping him around unless they are blown away by some sort of offer and apparently there's been offers made for him which you'd think if i were to say a team offered a first round pick protected somewhat plus filler you'd think that they would take that right Mm -hmm. uh but according to our, our james edwards at the athletic source told him that's what was offered and it wasn't accepted for a guy again 33 on this team that is stinky. They have seven wins, 22 losses. Kate Cunningham is out. He can have monstrous games like he did against the Lakers. Five threes in the third quarter. He ended with 38 points. Uh, Sham Sharanya has an inside pass article, which basically says the same thing. Pistons don't want to trade this guy that they extended because he's just so good in the locker room. He's leading their huddles. He almost led them to a victory in this game. And they would have a lot more wins if Kate Cunningham was there with him. But... I wonder. I just wonder. Maybe he's fine with it. it calling a guy a loser who had a, a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money coming his way and an extension here, even if it's on a losing team, is dumb. The guy's the guy's living the life. I wonder if he wants to play 
on a winner uh, because he is a winner. He was guarding LeBron down the end of the stretch, uh, down the stretch of this game, deflecting balls. He's a great player, and uh, I love watching him play. Again, he can catch fire. Thirty-eight points against the Lakers. He does it every few games where he has a monster game. I'm not sure if Bogdanovich will be in our discussion, but I know at some point this week we got to tackle these swirling trade rumors with yeah, a bunch of names, you know, Kyle Kuzma and possibly some of the Raptors players, and obviously what are the Heat doing? And uh, yeah, will Bogdanovich be moved? Will someone? I don't want to say overpay because the guy's a talent, but will someone get very aggressive in terms of uh, draft capital or really young? You know, talented guy maybe could find his footing in the league to acquire Bogdanovich to add to your team to to help your chances of a a playoff push and a playoff run because he he'd be that type of guy for a lot of teams. But yeah. I think I guess you're gonna have to pay a lot for him. So good on Weaver and the Pistons. Yeah, he'll be in demand. I mean, fifty, forty, ninety, basically at twenty one per game. That's hard to find uh, in the NBA. Maybe this was an audition. Uh, playing against That's where the Lakers, I thought right? you were going yeah. to go with it when I saw this, this this Austin Reeves angle, and maybe like, uh oh, Bogdanovich could be uh, taking your spot. And I, but no, you you swerved on me. I never know with you. It's amazing. I don't think the Lakers have like a big scouting department, so they tend to trade for clutch clients and people who play good <laughs> against right. the Lakers. That's the time to do it. So 25 points in a quarter. Like, I bet Miles Turner has had some of his best games against the Lakers as well. That's mm. the time to do it when you're playing them. Because then they're like, oh, we should trade for that guy. Oh, that guy's good. He's killing yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. The Miles Turner quote earlier this year on the Wojnarowski pod, on the watch pod, where he basically said, yeah, if I was the Lakers, I'd think oh, about I'd trading me. me. Boyan Bogdanovich could be saying the exact same thing. After that performance, yeah, they would love to have a shot maker like that. Now, apparently – the trade offer, proposed trade offer, was a protected first round pick. So if you bring down the protection, if right. you're Rob Palenka and you bring down the protection for that 2027 pick, maybe it entices Troy Weaver. But it's also good to have an adult in the room that's not talking about his mom. You know what I mean? Oh, boy. Shout out to Austin Reeves. The stream team fired up with that take, I'll tell you that. Uh, why, why? What are they saying? Well, there's no shame in being a mama's boy. <laughs> it looks to me like Austin Reeves' mom was a hooper. As well, yeah. all conference as a college basketball player. Oh. I think she's still in whatever university she went to his record books. I bet she was a great free throw shooter. Probably why, she brings, why he brings it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she was. I'm not saying she wasn't. I'm sure she's a fantastic person. She raised a fan, she raised a fantastic young man. I, 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 he's great. He's great. The guy's undrafted, yeah. and he's playing at the end of games with LeBron. An AD, and then going in the locker room saying, my mom would be proud of me for that shot. Or not. <laughs> not proud. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it depends on the situation. Oh, oh. He's also hit game winners. This dude's hitting a lot of shots. Uh, let's give uh, the Miami Heat a loser of the weekend. Just a quick one here. They only played once, but the Heat fell to the Spurs. 115-111. Oh, boy. Miami here. This stretch was the one I was saying. They got to do some damage here. Get some of these wins against some of these uh, bottom-dwelling teams, and instead the opposite's happening. But they had a couple chances. They were down two. It was about 15 seconds ago. Sort of got a gift wrap to them and even the opportunity to either tie it up or win. And they went for the win. Tyler Hero missed a three, and then Caleb Martin missed a three after that on the right wing, and Spurs finished it off at the free-throw line. But the Heat are now 12-15. and 15. They head out on a four-game road trip here that I think is 
very important to decisions being made possibly by Pat Riley coming up as we get closer to the deadline. They go to Indy, they go to OKC, they go to Houston, they go to San Antonio. Is Miami Heat go one and three or something god awful like that on this little four-game road trip? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I know they're still in the mix because there's so many teams jumbled up in the Eastern Conference. So it's like go on a a 10-game, a 10-day run, and you'll probably go up four spots, but they just look uninspiring. This is a game with Jimmy Butler. This is a game with, with Bam, Hero. I mean, guys were playing in this, and they still fell to, to uh, the San Antonio Spurs. And I know you've talked about it before. That they're somehow were flying under the radar of they're how disappointing anymore. they had been, but not anymore. Yes. Even Barkley said you should blow them yeah, up, yeah, which yeah. means you probably shouldn't. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they did get the right looks though on that last yep, play. Yep. Like Hero was shooting the ball well in that game, as was Martin. They just missed those ones, but you can't take any team for granted at this point if you're the Heat, especially considering the standings are so close. But now is the time for them to win some games and make up a little bit of ground here if they're going to be struggling to win these games against the worst teams. Like, if they don't go better, if they don't go 3-1 and one or better against these four yeah. teams, there will be a, a lot of heat. <laughs> the heat. Nice. Uh, <laughs> things are so desperate there in Miami. They're trying to bring back good luck charms. See what they did before the Spurs game? In a nod to the past Spurs Heat NBA Finals, Miami brought back Julia <laughs> Dale to perform the Star Spangled Banner. You remember I that name at all? That. I do yes, remember that name. That was uh, the, the preteen who became like a bit of a sort of internet sensation or good luck charm really for the Heat during that playoff run a decade ago. Now she's like in university, but they brought her back. They're like, man, we need a win. <laughs> We're playing the Spurs, <laughs> like the old finals days, and even that didn't work. So yeah. I don't know what they do next. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> trade for LeBron. <laughs> That'll do it. Get Bosch out of retirement. Yeah. It was strange uh, that they got that offensive rebound for that, that additional shot they got. Bam was the one who got the rebound. Mm. He was in the lane. Yeah. They're down two. Yeah. Six seconds left. There was no one around. Tied up. And everybody laid off. He could have easily flicked it in. I don't know if he knew game time and score there. If, Maybe not. If he thought it was three, but he could have easily tied the game. Yeah, Bam had a bad game in this one after playing incredible basketball for for the Heat, as we talked about uh, not too long ago. But let's get to the real loser of the weekend. It's the Toronto Raptors, who went to Florida and dropped two games, back-to-back games, uh, over three nights, to the Orlando Magic, who I think had the worst record in the league, but suddenly they're on a three-game win streak and have uh, moved up a little bit. But to quote Michael Grange... The Raptors right now couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. They can't hit shots to save their life. They've been the worst three-point shooting team in the NBA since November 4th, which is like a stretch of like 19 or 20 games where they're shooting under 30% from deep, 6 of 25 on Sunday. Okay, there's no OG in this who is one of their better shooters, but it's not like he's lights, lights out from three. And they just got, once again, you know, a bit of a math problem for the Raps, where the Rap or the Magic beat them by 24 points from behind the arc, and uh, they they stuck around in this game. This game was so gross to watch too. This is the other part about these Raptors losses. It's one thing when your team loses, but it's like they're scrappy, or it's fun, or it's like it's entertaining to like you know commit two and a half hours of your time to watch your team lose. That's not the case with the, the Raptors right now. Part of it is because they can't hit shots. And they have to just try and get to the line to score points. There were something like 69 nice but not nice free throws attempted in this game. <laughs> it was brutal watch. It took so long this game. But uh, this is this is alarming, Tass. 
as a Raps fan to drop to 13 and 14, 3 and 11 on the road. But they're good at home. They're good at home, but <laughs> they're great at. Turns home. out you Ten play half three. of your games on the road. Yes, it's unfortunate. I, yeah, the three-point shooting excuse is not good enough. I watched the Saturday night rematch of the finals. Didn't matter for the Golden State Warriors that they hit one more three than the Boston Celtics. They got into two-point land and they hit a bunch of twos. That's what I expected some of the Raptors to do. That being said, I watched that Celtics Warriors game in all possessions mode rather mm-hmm. than uh, you know, live. So it took thirty-six, literally thirty-six minutes. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. How they cut twelve minutes out if you're watching all the possessions. They they, <laughs> they cut the bringing up. Of yeah, the they ball don't bring back. the ball up. Nice. Yeah, so that takes time, and uh, and it takes time watching these games because of uh, yeah a lot of free throws and. Franz Wagner is a Raptor killer. Uh, Absolutely, he's he was he's great in both like games. Butter. I thought Mo Bamba was has played really really well for the two games I watched here over the weekend. I mean, I just wasted five hours of my weekend watching the the <laughs> shitty Raptors, honestly. And the Magic played great. They shot like fifty nine percent on the Friday night game in that win. And yeah, the Raps played with some more defensive backbone on the in the Sunday game. But it turns out you do need to be able to score. That helps and. Uh, <laughs> They they can't. I I think Masai Ujiri is gonna have to do something here unless they unless you just like lean into the tank. Uh, if you want to salvage their season, you got to get some more. You either go get a center that can actually play or get some more shooting if possible, and 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 make a maybe a somewhat of a drastic move because no one can shoot. Gary Trent Jr. is actually playing well suddenly again. He's their one real shooter. He's okay. He got slotted in the starting lineup because no OG. But outside of that, nobody can hit a shot. So who are you trading? OG. I mean, I guess you're trading. He's the only guy you're trading anything OG back, or Van really. Vliet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You need a point guard though, because they don't yeah. have another point guard on the uh, on the roster, and you do have three forwards who are all like a huge piece of your team. Yeah, I mean, yeah. OG is a defensive player of the year candidate and is having a solid yeah. season. Oh, yeah. But I mean, the Scotty Barnes stuff is weird. He just doesn't look good so far this season and he just looks a little out of place to me. Siakam is obviously balling. He ain't going anywhere. Barnes ain't going anywhere. OG's the guy who's going to be dangled quite a bit here, I think. Yeah, the boys aren't tanking. Pascal Siakam is too good to even be thinking about tanking. He is playing so well uh, and it's unfortunate that around him, they need guard help. There's no doubt. And OG sort of, he he makes, makes sense as the guy because Scotty Barnes, unfortunately, unless you're still extremely high on him as a as a rival GM then that could be it I suppose but Raps fans still don't want to trade him that makes no, that makes he's, entirely he's been that makes so sense. so disappointing uh, yeah, it's been I, odd it's been very odd too strange that's why lost, lost his groove yeah. Scotty Scotty's lost the flow <laughs> yeah. uh, he doesn't step into his shots it's just un believable really after watching him last season then watching him in the videos in the offseason he looked dominant so, R- rumors uh, are too the Masai Ujiri like flew down on that Raptors road trip to, to meet with Scotty Barnes have like a one-on-one with him hmm. so I know there's there's like leaks it feels like some sort of leaks coming I think Zach Lowe was talking about it there's been some other sort of prominent writers Saying there's maybe some discontent in the in the Raptors locker room. Maybe people aren't happy with their roles. Who knows? Touches whatever. Who knows? I don't know. I, you know, you start losing games when you are considered or you think you should be a decent team. Uh, people are going to start pointing fingers maybe at uh, who's playing over me or not trying hard enough or doing whatever. So yeah. the, the, this this could get very bad though here, Tess. I, I will say, 
The Raptors' next 13 games are against teams all 500 or better. There's no real easy, yeah, that should be a W. At home or on the road. Like, these are a lot of good competition coming up. Now, now some of those teams, like 500-ish teams, like, you know, are just over, like the Knicks and stuff like that. Not like the Raps couldn't beat them, but, yeah. The Scotty Barnes interview there after the game where he was coming off the bench, that, that for, I guess it was a two-game stretch where he was interviewed and asked about his role, and he kind of just mumbled his way through his answer. He said, yeah, that's fine. Are you happy? He always talks like that. I, he that's he kind of that's his mo. So I think it's fine. It's the victories have to come and everything will be entirely fine. The guard play is the worrisome part. If they have one steady guard, then they're good. And Fred VanVleet has not been steady enough. Mm-hmm. He was good for that one game last week, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a roller coaster. He's with played Fred. like I've watched almost every Raptors game. I think VanVleet's played four good games all season. <laughs> and a lot of them are really bad, actually, games. He has said that there are a lot of things going on yeah, with him which yeah. have resulted in him playing poorly. He said he was going to turn it around. They're also playing a ton of minutes with their starters oh, in, yeah. in, in that game uh, against the Magic. Three guys played more than 40 minutes, and Siakam was near 40 minutes. Well, that's another pro- part of the problem, though. Look at their guard rotation. Like, Banton, they don't trust and has not showed really any development. Malachi Flynn, nope. Same thing. I mean, he's good for a bucket. He'll give it all back. The Flynn dog. It's not happening with the Flynn <laughs> it's dog. It's not like uh, Nurse trusts them or anything. Mm. No. Nope. And that's why, that's why... That's why it's so much on Fred. Well, it's so much on Fred. I 100% agree. And then it's also the trickle-down then is Scotty Barnes, we thought was going to be... Well, he'll be the second playmaker. He'll run the second unit when Fred gets some rest. He's a, basically a point guard. You know, he's a, he's the, the next Magic Johnson. It's like, he, he is not showing that this year. Did expectations get to Scotty Barnes? I, Possibly. Because he just doesn't look like himself. It's strange. Happy guy. Remember last year? He was yeah, the happiest guy in the world. Yeah, yeah. Talking about beans all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Loves them. So many vibes. And then, yeah, it's odd this season. Very uh, odd. We'll see if Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster make a move here with the Raptors. It uh, at least makes that exciting for content creators like us to talk about who should they move. I'm uh, sure we'll get into that later in the week. I know you don't want to, but uh, no, these I are conversations we're going to have. <laughs> Skates. <laughs> I love content. I'm happy. I'm happy to talk about. I, I'm in here for. Uh, you have been talking about trade for KD. Trade for KD. They should have traded for KD. Traded. Yeah, they should have. They should have traded for Donovan Mitchell. I was on that bandwagon in the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I'm I'm done harping about that. I'm up for an emergency pod for anybody. No, Del- yeah. anybody. Delano Banton. Boom. <laughs> no. Cam. We had a Cam Reddish emergency we pod, and we learned our That's lesson. We shouldn't line. have. He should be better. Yeah, maybe that's why I love him so much because we had an emergency pod. My expectations just grew. Oh, if you get an emergency podcast, you're going to be a great player. <laughs> oh, we, we decide now, players' future. I like that. No, I thought it's he was going to be good. I, I remember those playoffs. Uh, yeah. Put me down that they're going to do something here, though. Masai Jury is not afraid to obviously make a move when he needs to. to turn a season around, save a season. Sure. And and Trey's right. There, there, are, there are pieces that they overlap, no doubt. So move one of those solid pieces for, for other good pieces is the play. Because um, I don't think it would be, yeah, leaning into a tank in the sense of like, oh, we're trading somebody just for future draft picks and, you know, a young guy. No, they're, they're going to hope to uh, find someone that can actually help them win. Help them help if you could score. If you can come in and score, you might get some time on this draft. Wasn't Nick Nurse like an offensive genius? Wasn't he the guy who was like, hey, we got to start taking corner threes? Yeah. And that turned the Raptors around at the end of Dwayne Casey's tenure. 
He's like defensive experimentation guy now. Mm-hmm. Back to basics, bud. <laughs> yeah, he's yes. a little bit of a timid, to be quite honest. The way he doesn't trust young guys and runs the minutes up for everybody else, mm-hmm. focuses on defense and just kind of hopes things happen on offense. I don't know, but I thought that was his like his calling card when he became the Raptors yeah. coach. This yeah. guy's an offensive genius, and now they just have to hope they get fouled and go to the line. Don't put this on Nick. Don't put it. It might he, be, man. He, he trusts Scott. He trusts Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes playing a ton. These guys just can't hit shots. They can't I, hit they shots. Could, yeah. Yes, they, they definitely could go the other way of Tibbs and play their guys more. There's no doubt. I don't think anyone's helping with the way they're shooting and the way they're playing on the road. Like That's not where the young guys are going to help. Again, damn good team at home. <laughs> I'm not going to have a home playoff series, though. It will be the problem. No, 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 no. no or no. play-in game uh, at this, uh, the way it's going so far. All right, got to take our uh, final break here. When we come back, they'll pick them results and a funny tweet of the night. Don't go anywhere. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang-loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, J.D., the stream team loving the clean new look you've got. Somebody got a haircut over the weekend. I did. did. It's the holiday cut. Oh. It's holiday. I'm heading to Europe, so I got to fit in over there. I can't go looking like an American hillbilly with, (laughs) uh, uh, you know, people pointing at me going... Doc Dynasty? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot you're going to Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about uh, you wanted the Netherlands to yeah. make it all the way to the World Cup final because you would have been in Amsterdam for the, the actual night of the fun. final. Yeah. That, yeah. that would have been a bummer. But you know what? It's going to be cool to be in Europe for the final. I'm sure they're going to do it up. You think they like mm. uh, soccer slash football over there? I, I heard. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. heard they do. Okay, <laughs> good. Well, have fun. Thanks. Uh, let's get to pick and results from Friday night. We had the Go Bear return game. Minnesota in Utah. Jazz were uh, the favorites by two and a half points. But Tass and I said, no, no, no. Minnie's going to get the win. Hit the money line. Another SU here. And that's what happened. Utah lost. Sorry, Trey. So you're a three and four. So am I. Tass is five and two. 
Lots of games on tonight. Monday night, decent schedule. Seven. Seven games in the NBA the tonight. perfect amount of games. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I agree. That's solid. Nice little range of time starts. Yep. Uh, start times. Brooklyn at Washington. Brooklyn climbing the standings. They have won seven of eight. They're fourth in the East. Feels odd. And they are 6-0 and versus the Southeast Division this season, if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> what a stat! But the Wizards are in that Southeast Division at the same time. you got to win by six if you're taking the Brooklyn Nets here because it's a five-and-a-half point line. Brooklyn in Washington getting five-and-a-half points at home, so I'm taking the Wiz, not taking the Nets to win by six or more. You guys have Brooklyn to win by six or more. Yeah, a lot of their guys returning. I oh, sure. Oh, up, sure. So that's a big part of it. But oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Wizards reeling a little bit in terms of uh, win-losses. Yeah, I'm not going the other way. I'm not taking SUML. No. I'm not, I'm not going straight up money line. Okay. I'm taking those points. <laughs> Just dogs covering. All right. <laughs> Good luck to you. Trey and I got uh, Brooklyn win by six or more points in Washington. Who've Ooh. lost a lot of games yeah, in a row. They've yeah. lost six in a row. Yeah. The haves and the have-nots <laughs> starting to uh, separate themselves in the Eastern Conference. A little bit. Slowly but surely. The Bulls are on the top of the have-nots. Yeah. The, the Raptors, Bulls, are, they're trying to decide oh! which uh, category they want to fall oh, I'm into. Not putting, I'm not putting the Raps okay. in that category. No. Okay. Uh, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet of the Night. Keep it real simple. From a great account at Count on Vic, she tweeted with a photo, "This gummy not gonna do shit." Me, twelve minutes later, LeBron is a photo of him from last night's uh, Pistons game. Uh, it's been flipped upside down, but uh, just a funny uh, reaction from LeBron, all sprawled out there on the uh, on the hardwood, and yeah. The gummy <laughs> kicking in a little late. How's the smart sorb on that? Yeah, 12 minutes. Wow, that's uh, 30 times faster, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Usually you expect a 60-minute activation time, 45 if you're lucky. But, <laughs> I mean, wow. you guys know our bodies are water mostly. Yeah. So the gel-soluble stuff, it ain't going to happen as fast. Yep. Very you got to get that smart sorb technology in you. I feel like uh, between this, we saw who? Porzingis and Paul George. Is that who it yeah, was? They both in, fell in at the sync. exact same time. Yep. We had a lot of we had multiple unwritten rule infractions. Yep. We had multiple what if free throws do win games kind of losses here. <laughs> Things were happening in bunches this weekend, is what I'm saying. Wedgies, wedgies, Two exactly. We didn't just have one of anything. No, we had multiples. No, I guess it's a uh, the holiday season. People stocking up. You know, like <laughs> sure, I'll get you a, a board game, but I'm gonna also get a board game. For my dad and stepmom and give it to them as well. Same board game. They won't know any any better. What's the hot new board game right now? Bonanza. <laughs> What's that about? We call it beans. You're trading beans. You're literally trading beans. You're like, oh, all right, uh, you flip over. <laughs> oh my card. god. I'll give you uh, I'll give you two stink beans for your princess bean over there. You're trying to stack up the most <laughs> points, and they're all beans, different bean flavors <laughs> out there. <laughs> Come on, board game creators have given up. This game is like we've done fire. every game. We're this like, game oh, what are we great. doing? Let's trade beans. Okay. That, get, that game's a big hit around the household okay. right now. What else do we got? Uno, a classic. Oh yeah, 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 sure. Can't sleep on Uno, and then a poop bingo is a big one. A poop bingo. Yeah, poop bingo. Oh, cat poop. <laughs> got it. Put down my little thing. So there's so all types of poop. Yeah. Yes. yes 25 yes. different types of poop. Here's the thing. It's a four by four board. Oh. 
P-O-O-P. Quicker, quicker game. Ah, poop. Yeah, yeah. yeah poop. Uh, that's how it's spelled. <laughs> so hold on. You say, you go, okay, under the P, cat poop. No, nah, you're just calling the poops. Okay. You're just calling straight up <laughs> poops and the animals. Because, you know, like you could have cat, but also cat poop. Oh, okay, okay. Like we, mm. There's just a, you, you've talked a lot about how advent calendars oh, yeah, are expanding like crazy, as are bingo games. Wow. We've got ocean bingo, bug bingo, and of course, poop bingo. Mm. That's one, one thing I One family doesn't need that many bingos. No, don't you think. don't. Uh, that's one of uh, our holiday traditions uh, with Nora's family, the Armenians. I call bingo. We have a bingo game, massive bingo game. But I'm always the caller. Nice. <laughs> I took it over about a decade ago after I couldn't stand the people that were calling it. <laughs> I was like, we need some structure to this. We could be playing so many more games. We have so much more see? money flying see? around the table. Let me take it in. Now I take a small cut. Sure, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love doing it. Uh, but uh, yeah. Anyway, bingo. I play. I only play bingo once a year, and it's at the. You want to take Ocean Bingo with you? Uh, well, I'm not going home for the ah. holidays. So who's here? You're here. Uh-huh. You want to play some bingo? Oh, your, kid, oh, your kids love bingo. Oh, they love bingo. All right. You're going to run a tight ship? or? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if, they can, you, hand- I I don't know if they can handle skeets no, right on the bingo they board. Can learn. These kids start to learn quickly. Old skeetsy on the call. He's going to say it with a nice, you know, clear voice. And then he's going to give you one more repeat. And that's yeah. it. On and, to the next. And then you do not ask, can you, what was that? You can ask the table. You can find out. But I ain't, I'm not oh. wasting any more time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, this is one. too much. Sounds like temper boy to no, me. No, no, no. <laughs> sounds sounds no, like I, there might be some throwdowns. I, I just more ignore. I like, I, you know, you just. I'm talking about a bunch of uh, 60 year old Armenians uh, yelling at me. What did he say? What did he say? <laughs> what, what, what? It's like, nope. You're sorry, not, I'm on to the next one. Yeah. You got the thing? The well, no, they've got. They they literally have one from like from the 70s. It's in like almost the size of like a tall. Um, mug or something almost sure. like the size of a Yeti maybe a little bit smaller and then you twist it and these tiny little you know balls with the numbers come out I can't believe we haven't lost one over That's four decades hmm. five decades that is amazing. but uh, no they're all there because uh, I check uh, see I run a tight ship I check yeah. every year make sure they're all there there's no shenanigans oh yeah you don't know what if you had a card with I-21 on it and was never there it's quite po- in my house. It's quite possible. <laughs> oh, it's horrible! It's horrible. Yeah. All uh, right. Speaking of bunches, real quick, uh, Trey, you said when I was talking about AJ Griffin hitting two game winners this year that you thought Cole Anthony hit two game winners as a rook. He did. They just weren't buzzer beaters. So you're a good call on that. But quick trivia: three rooks other than AJ Griffin have hit multiple game winners since '96, '97. Cole Anthony is one. So two more. Multiple rookies, game multiple winners. Multiple game winners. Rookies since 96, 97. They so. don't have to be buzzer beezer. No, they're just beezers. game winners. <laughs> that one is 96. one was very involved in a game that we just talked about that I just mentioned. It wasn't AJ Griffin in that game, but mm. another one. one Trey Irving? No. Trey Young. Trey Young, oh, okay. 18, 19, hit two game winners. And then a blast from the past. Kobe? One, one no. no. No, Kyrie. No. A lot of one, he won rookie stuff. of the year. Okay. It's been a while. Allen Iverson. No. Oh. Not quite that long. Somewhere in between. Oh, LeBron. He peaked no. in his first year. Tyreek Evans. Tyreek Evans. Evans. Yeah. Good yeah. He had a long yeah. one, Good I think, clip. didn't he? I don't know. I feel like he had a crazy long buzzer beater maybe in his rookie Perhaps season. he did. Yeah. Hmm. Nice. There you go. All right. Good trivia. Way to have the music there, too, Jay. Yeah, well that. done. It makes it so Man. intense. I'm going to have that. Can I get that music bed for when I call uh, bingo the next time? Uh, over the holidays? 100%. Yeah, I like that. All right, let's call it. I hope it was a classic. Let us know. Winners and losers of the NBA weekend, who we'd miss. 
Tweet it in, at NoDunkSync. Let us know in the YouTube comments. Hit the like button if you haven't. Subscribe if you haven't. Share the show with your family and friends. And uh, I got to encourage you to check out last week's. It went up on Friday, so you maybe missed it. The new Is This Good podcast with comedian Joe Mandy. I listened to this on the weekend walking Luna. I am at times howling out loud (laughs) in my neighborhood laughing at at a couple parts in this. Like some legit LOL moments uh, with Joe and Matteo and JD uh, debating some hilarious topics. I, I don't think I'm spoiling anything but at one point Joe tells a story about when he was a kid and he still has a lot of regret for it. It was like a family heirloom. They had tarot cards. Yeah. And he said he found them when he was a kid. And like he thought he his favorite uh, um, comic book hero at the time was Gambit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he oh, was yeah. like, uh, he took these like really like old, like antique, like I guess pretty important to the family at least, tarot cards. And like ruined them because he thought he was Gambit like throwing <laughs> them and chucking them and stuff <laughs> like that. And uh, I was laughing at that part. So go check out Is This Good? Very, very funny, JD. I uh, love that one. And yeah, you, were, you, were, uh, you were a nice counter to Matteo and Joe. I thought you were... Oh, thank you. Yeah, I like that you were swerving. I, yeah, I try to swerve whenever possible. <laughs> uh, what was your weirdest swerve, would you say? Uh, that maybe after you're like, I don't really believe that, but I... <laughs> oh, once I once I commit, that's how, how I feel for the rest of my life. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bathroom, bathroom attendants. I couldn't believe it. Bathroom attendants. You said yeah. you were, were bathroom attendants were good. I thought they were And good. I thought that was a massive JD swerve <laughs> just for the sake of the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I thought the points that I brought up were valid. Yeah, yeah. But you even said, and you've said before, you don't like people around you when you go to the washroom. That is also true. That's literally what a bathroom attendant is. He's like, he's just hovering around you. If only they would step in when I'm washing my hands and I'm ready for a mint. You know what I mean? Like, wait outside the bathroom and then come. (laughs) Interesting. Well, maybe yeah. you could request that next time. Maybe. Just tip him a little bit Sir, more. Sir, would you mind just stepping <laughs> out there? Uh, Ask him to minute, step please. into a stall. Just step into a stall for yeah. a second while I use the right. urinal. Here, put on this uh, blindfold and turn and face the wall while I take care of my business. Do you have a sound machine in here, sir, that you can turn on? <laughs> All right, go check out Is This Good. Uh, thanks for joining us here. We'll be back tomorrow from the Classic Factory live at 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll see you then. Clever Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, stage fright. It's a real thing. <laughs> Not saying you have it, Judy, but I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brace the weekend. Not the weekend. Brace the day. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>